1: Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Elder Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman. And we are back talking about a Hoosier win uh, and previewing the battle for the old Oaken Bucket against Purdue. Uh, TJ, Indiana went up to East Lansing, fell behind 17 points at halftime, and for the first time since Jerry DiNardo was head coach, Indiana came back and won a game uh, that they were losing by 17 or more at the half. It was a very odd game. Uh Indiana got outplayed in every statistical category except for fourth downs. Uh and it was it was just a weird game. And, and yeah, we I use not going to give it back and and things like that. It was a thrilling 39-31 double overtime win in which I threw seven passes and completed two of them. Uh and it, it was just a, it kind of revitalized the season and you got the spittoon back. You got a trophy win. Uh, you, you doubled your, your win total from last year. You got two more conference wins than you got last year. So, you know, to me, especially if IU could beat Purdue on Saturday, uh, this has turned in from a regression season to a rebound season uh, real quick. Now you're disappointed. You don't go to a bowl. And it's a, you play a a shoulda, coulda, woulda game with Nebraska, Maryland and, and Rutgers. But, you know, clearly the coaches didn't think Dexter Williams is ready. And, you know, if you don't know how fall camp works uh, people out there after the first two weeks, Dexter Williams is, is not really getting reps with the ones and twos all that much. So, you know, he, the The chance of him passing Tuttle and Bazelak was slim. Uh, once Tuttle went down and, and bowl eligibility was off the table, um, it was, you know, I thought it was Dexter's job to lose. He came out, I thought, played a pretty good game, ran the ball extremely well, had over 100 non-sack rushing yards. I, I thought he threw the ball well, even though he was only two for seven. There were He was victimized by some drops. Uh, especially uh, one from Donovan, I think two from Donovan McCulley, uh, one from A.J. Barner. Uh, it was a little bit of a low throw, but, you know, uh, his feet are what makes the difference. It, it adds, I think Matt Millen said on the game, it just adds something that wasn't there. And th- that's the quarterback or the type of quarterback that we've seen Walt Bell's offenses have the most success and IU put up their most points. Uh, that they had all season, and uh, they walk out of East Lansing with a hard-fought spittoon victory and and head into the bucket week. What were your uh, takes from last week, TJ?
0: Well, I think from a big-picture standpoint, think back to the offense for the first, I don't know, seven or eight weeks of the season um, against you know, against Michigan and Penn State and Ohio State, you almost have to just kind of write those games off because the offensive line was so ill-equipped to handle those pass rushes. But um in in games beyond that, I mean Indiana is leading the country in pass attempts, right? Like you've got Connor Bazelak throwing more pass attempts than any other quarterback. Um I don't think anybody went into the season expecting that. I don't think Walt Bell really envisioned that to be his offense at all. Um, but that's kind of the role that that he was sort of forced into by their inability to run the ball. Um, Indiana goes from kind of that necessity and that philosophy to through a combination of one, the offensive line, I think, improving some. Uh, credit needs to go to those individuals. Uh, I thought that the right side of the offensive line in particular has has really improved quite a bit uh, with Benson and, and Sales getting out on the field um, and Rod Carey taking over as the offensive line coach. Number two, injuries at wide receiver. D.J. Matthews, uh, unfortunately, just you know, robbed of this year, really um, not been able to help much. And then Cam Camper out for the year. So those guys gone. And then finally, you've got the change of quarterback. It is so rare to find or see a team have a complete and total 180 in terms of the way that you approach a game offensively, uh, going from a barely ever run the ball, air it out offense with Bazelax throwing, you know, more than 60 times in a game to running the ball almost every play and completing one pass in regulation and statistically two for the entirety of a game as Williams, that that two-point conversion pass doesn't count in the stats, so it's officially two for seven uh for 31 yards and you you just have complete polar opposites there indiana looking like a military academy um on on saturday against michigan state so i think that was just so interesting the um the total 180 in terms of offensive philosophies uh that iu needed to go with and i I give a lot of credit um to the offensive line i give a lot of credit to dexter williams for stepping up and one taking care of the ball two making some really big plays when needed Uh, particularly on third downs he was able to pick up some key first downs with his legs and make some good decisions i thought Um, and then you know a lot of credit to the coaching staff for understanding this is who we need to be to get this win and they did it i mean it took a it took a lot of things to go right. It took the kickoff return for the amazing Jalen Lucas. Man, that guy's fun to watch. Um, and and I, we don't pat ourselves in the back too much, but we got that one right.
1: Um, I mean,
0: we've we've been pounding his he, praises since, since he committed. Yeah, and it, you know, he's he's the real deal. Kind of fun to watch.
1: Yeah, um, I was going to say it doesn't take a genius so, to. Uh figure that one out. No. But but
0: we'll take no, that for it. Not some great call by us, but we'll we'll take it. Um it, it took that. It took a missed short field goal for Michigan State. Uh it took the interception of Peyton Thorne that got deflected and Indiana caught it. Uh good play there for I think that was Haynes, wasn't it? Jonathan Haynes got the pick.
1: Yep. It bounced off of like five other people.
0: Yeah, yeah. so it took a lot of things going right to get that win, but winning's hard, uh, especially on the road, and credit uh, to Indiana for continuing to, to plug away, make that comeback, chip away at it, um, and, and eventually make the play in double overtime, that beautiful seam pass to Barner, followed uh, up by the touchdown. I mean, you get contributions from Shivers, with 115 yards. Josh Henderson with 36 and a touchdown. Williams ends up with 86 and a touchdown. You're set for 5.8 yards a carry. Uh, By far, Indiana's best performance on the ground in the the Big Ten. Um, I didn't go back to look, but probably in a few seasons. Um, So I I think that they're there were certainly holes in the performance, for sure, and it took some good fortune to get that win, but looking ahead to this Saturday, there was enough there to get you excited. There was enough there to give you a little bit of hope heading into the old oaken bucket, and Dexter Williams Too what he did, making those plays with his legs, and then showing just enough with that arm that it, it, it brings a lot of excitement for this Saturday match. I think, I know that there's still some that are going to be, Oh, we got lucky. Uh, whatever. Fine.
1: When's the whatever. season
0: over? I, I get it. It, it's been, it's been a frustrating year on a lot of Saturdays, uh, but I, I think you need to look at who this IU team is right now they made that change to Dexter Williams and just try to evaluate them for this Purdue game based on that group of personnel. Um, And I I think if you do that, no guarantees that anything is going to work like it did on Saturday, but there was enough air to get you a little bit excited.
1: Yeah. And, you know, first I, I, you know, I want to address the fans thing because I, I I was running our Twitter and first of all, running Twitter and doing the stats for the radio is nuts. So if there I missed anything on Twitter, I apologize. Um, but it's like having four conversations at once. Uh, anyway, I you know the the fans of course in the first half when you go down 24 7 uh you know they're starting to jump ship and getting pressured and that's you know normal um of any fan base but then after they come back and you see tweets uh, from people saying ah you know honestly i'd rather have beaten tom izzo's michigan state team and stuff like that. that's like that's just crap um you know, I, I don't know if that's if that person's an alumni, if it's just like a local thing. But, you know, if you're an alumni and you're mad that Indiana went up to Michigan State and won, turn in your degree, man. Turn in your Hoosier card because um, that that's that's just that that's Bush League. That, that's weak, weak sauce. Um, this was a big win. It it, it was it it was a a big win. I think it changed the the tenure tenor of the season. Um, You're right. Going into the bucket game now, you have. If Indiana had lost that game, it kind of goes back to last year where you're like, oh no, Purdue's going to throw the ball all over the yard. They're going to smack us just like they did last year. And you know, you went. Yeah, they still might, but now you have you have some momentum. You 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 went on the road to beat a Michigan State team who, while they're not similar to Purdue in style of play, but I think the their overall ability is similar to Purdue is similar to Purdue. Um, you know, if, if you put yeah. Michigan State in the Big Ten West, they're probably sitting around you know for the title there uh, as well, which says all you need to say about the the, the Big Ten West. Um, but it's. Now you got some momentum. Now you have you, you've done it again. You, you've gotten that, and and I said this after the Illinois game, and it didn't really pan out afterwards. But you got those two wins afterwards, uh, which in, in those close games, you you, you got that confidence back. And, and I wrote Rhett Lewis a note after I think the Sean Shivers touchdown, um, or maybe it was the Jalen Lucas. So they're playing with confidence. And that's the difference between this year and last year is they're playing with confidence. Last year, Indiana goes down against Purdue, scores the first touchdown, and you think, okay, maybe we got a shot. They didn't score the rest of the way. Um, after that pick six gets called back for pass interference, that was all she wrote. But this year, you're right. You have a little bit of hope. And I think hopefully... Hoosier fans get that. I know the students all have tickets. I know IU's running a special on basketball and and bucket, bucket and buckets tickets, um, and, and things like that. So the weather's not supposed to be terrible. It's it's the last game of the year either way. Get get down to 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 Bloomington, go and and cheer your team on against a rival, and you know what it very well could be that Purdue's playing for the West title. And just like in 1989 or 1990, when um, Anthony Thompson's going for the Heisman and Purdue was having a crappy year and they had the no bucket, no bowl, no Heisman thing. Well, no bucket, no division title, and uh, we'll see you next year. So that's, you know, that, that, that's a lot of motivation and you know to finish five and seven three big ten wins you're you're getting a lot of momentum going into next year now it it might get squashed because you open up against ohio state i just think that you 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 feel a lot better after that win um if you're tom allen and his staff and and IU. you i i do think they match up well against purdue on offense um yeah, wish the weather was going to be like it was at Penns at Penn, at, uh, at Michigan State, where it's kind of harder to throw the ball. But look, Peyton Thorne didn't have an issue with it, so I don't think Aiden O'Connell will. Um, would yeah? It's you got to play your best game in the secondary. Uh, it looks like if you believe what's coming out of Purdue camp, TJ. Uh, it looks like Devin Mockaby, who's uh, Purdue's leading. Uh, Leading rusher with 750 yards is out. Um, a couple of linemen are out, uh, and, and things like that. And basically, you know, outside of Charlie Jones, it, it's you got a, a tight end, Payne Durham, TJ Sheffield. He's you know averages three uh, three catches a game. Uh, Tyrone Tracy really hasn't done. They haven't done much out of those couple guys. So really, you know, if you keep Shut down Chuck Sizzle and make him Chuck Fizzle, um, with, with Tywin Mullen, and, and take your chances with Jalen Williams. But if he struggles, I think you go with Chris Keys at, at that position and, and make somebody else beat you. Make you know whoever's going to be their running back run for two hundred and fifty yards. Just don't let Aiden O'Connell hit Charlie Jones for four touchdowns and two hundred yards, uh, kind of like that bucket game when uh uh, rondale moore in in 2018 had like 150 yards on four catches and two touchdowns and and just made you look silly so uh what's your take on purdue you you've done a lot more research than i have on purdue they come in uh if people don't know the scenario in the west iowa if they win on friday against nebraska i believe that game's at in nebraska no, Iowa. No, it's at Iowa. That's the same place. Um, All at guys Iowa, are ten and a half
0: point favorites.
1: Yeah, well, we'll see if he, any team scores ten points in that game. But um, you know, if, if Iowa wins, they go to the Big Ten championship game and are sacrificed to Michigan or Ohio State. Uh, and if they lose, that falls to Purdue. And if Purdue wins, they could, you know, they go to the Big Ten. Uh, title game. So we'll know Friday evening what the stakes are above the Old Oak and Bucket, but take us through um, Purdue, TJ.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned uh, Charlie Jones and Payne Durham, uh, definitely their two biggest weapons. I mean, they combined for 13 catches per game. The rest of the team averages 14 per game. Uh, so yeah, there's there's other guys beyond them But really, you're looking at containing Jones, containing Durham. Those two are the main guys. Now, it's beyond just catches. That's who they go to in the red zone as well. 18 of their 23 receiving touchdowns on the year come from those two players. 18 out of 23. So the rest of the team only has five touchdown catches spread out among them. Um, it really is a two-man show. Without Mockaby, uh, you're looking at probably Dylan Downing, um, maybe Kobe Lewis, maybe King Daru. Um, not sure on what his status is going to be. Uh, but you're, you're at 3.94 yards for Downing, 3.49 for Lewis, both of them over a yard less than Mockabee averages per carry not going to be almost double the carries of anybody else on the team Uh, so without him it's going to be kind of a uh searching for an answer for them running the ball um you know it's very difficult to get pressure on o'connell because it's such a quick release offense and indiana doesn't really get pressure on the quarterback anyway unfortunately um i maybe that helps indiana somewhat but i still think They've got to find a way to send some blitzes, get some pressure, get O'Connell off of his spot, make him move in the pocket. Uh, You don't have to sack him. That'd be great if Indiana could find that in the last game of the season. Probably unrealistic. We haven't really seen it all year. I doubt we're going to see it Saturday. But if you can collapse the pocket, make him move, I think you can reduce that accuracy that O'Connell has. I think it's fair to say that their offense has been a little bit of a disappointment uh, at times this year. When they got O'Connell back, I think that there were expectations that that he was going mean, to be. There were some talks about him being a dark horse Heisman candidate, and it, it really hasn't played out that way at all. Um, no. But he's very capable if you let him just stand back there. If he has a clean pocket of picking apart a part of defense. And IU's secondary has shown us they're not good enough to stand up to that. IU's got to find a way to create pressure and collapse that pocket, make O'Connell move, and not give him a clean pocket to just pick you apart. Um, Indiana's offense, look, uh, we wouldn't have said this a couple of weeks ago or even a week ago, but now we have to look at IU as a primarily running offense. And we've got to look at him as being dangerous in doing so just because the small body of work we have around Dexter Williams suggests Indiana can run the ball with Dexter Williams. That might be fool's gold, and we might not see that again on Saturday, but that's that's what we have to go off of. And that's what Purdue's going to go off of as well, is what this offense looks like with Dexter Williams.
1: Yeah, and you ran the ball well against Ohio State. They ran for over yeah. 150 yards against Ohio State. Now they use different things and had an Emory Simmons right. run one. But this is it. This is the last game of the year. You're going to see. You hope that you see every gadget you play in the book if you're not moving the ball. But um, right. I, I think I think you'll you'll see. I, I I'd set the over under on throws from from Dexter Williams at like 15 and a half. You know, it, it, yeah, it's
0: I, I, it, yeah. I bet under. I do. I bet it's under that. I don't think they trust him in that area yet. Uh, However, I say that and in that second overtime, heck of a call trusting his arm uh, on that that play to A.J. Barner. Um, That was a risk given what we would seen so far in that game and and IU was confident they're not going to expect this. They were right. They didn't expect it and it was a good throw. Um, I think you're going to look at probably the running game, hopefully setting up some of those deep shots. And and I'd like to see them um, utilize Jalen Lucas a little bit more in the passing game, Um, try to get, maybe work him in the slot and try to get some quick hitters to him, Um, get some easy throws to Barner, get some easy throws to, um, to maybe, you know, McCauley, bigger wide receivers, uh, as opposed to just taking deep shots like we saw with Williams, but um, you know, running the ball for 5.8 yards to carry this Purdue run defense not bad, but we have seen teams here recently have more than five yards to carry. Iowa did it. Wisconsin did it. Nebraska did it. They were good against Illinois. Have to give them credit for that one. The um, Illini were held to about 3.4 yards to carry, which is not good at all for them. Um, so a good job by Purdue there. Northwestern even was able to have some success on Saturday running the ball above four yards to carry. So this is a Purdue defense that you can run the ball on. They're not Swiss cheese, but it's not incredibly stout either. So I think there's an opportunity there. IU's got to find a way to be a little bit more balanced. Uh, but, but they're going to look to do a lot of the same things they did against Michigan State and try and get that success uh, doing so. Uh, <clears throat> last for me, looking at Purdue, uh, and this is just a blanket statement in regards to emotional rivalry games, it, it's going to be penalties, turnovers, special teams. Those things that are, quote, little things that we know are not little, It was a difference in the game last week against Michigan State, and it could be a huge difference against Purdue this week. Both teams penalized right around the same amount this year, uh, right at five penalties a game. Purdue giving up a little bit more penalty yardage. Purdue so far is uh, on a turnover margin minus one on the year. I use minus four, Uh, but things like that, are going to be deciding factors in this game. Um, And and if the Hoosiers are going to come out on top, it's going to be because they've won those areas, I think. Uh, And then last, I'd be shocked if Purdue kicks to Jalen Lucas. And if they do, they should probably have their heads examined. There's no reason to kick to him.
1: Well, it's Purdue, and they're stupid. Sorry. That's what we're hoping for, right? That's what we're hoping for. <laughs> well, it's Purdue. I, I, I beg that they give him a chance. I do. Oh, I was I shocked begged. that Michigan State didn't squib the kicks because that that what do you wind. Do do? Yeah, like if you're going to give Jalen Lucas the ball at the 12 yard line, good luck. Have fun. Have fun chasing somebody down. You know, he accounted. I'll even give him the old hockey assist on, on the, the first touchdown because that return set it up at the 50. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I don't
0: know why I kick off to him. I really don't.
1: Yeah. Going um, back to Purdue's injuries. I uh, don't know if you're going to believe it, uh, but Tom Dean Hart of on Uh Brom said today that Devin Mockaby, uh he's not sure. He'll be available on Saturday. He's in concussion protocol. Uh, Hartwig, yeah. who is uh, – I think he was all Big Ten last year. Uh, offensive line. Um, he's out. He's done for the season in a cast. Uh, Josh, y- you look at um, Branson Dean, more than quote, more than likely. Branson Dean was an all Big Ten defensive tackle last year. And, uh, you know, it, it's – we'll see. We'll see on warmups and and who's healthy and who's not. But it, it looks like Purdue's coming into this pretty dinged up, uh, you know, on, on some pretty – you know, on some guys who are, are pretty important. And they said if uh, Devin Mockaby doesn't go, it will probably be uh, – w- It'll probably be Dylan Downing, but Dylan Downing also got banged up. King Doru has played in four games. Uh, He has not played since the game at Wisconsin, uh, and he's had just nine carries since week two when he had three carries against Indiana State. It just seems that he can't stay healthy either. Uh, Yeah, special teams. I'm shocked that Purdue's penalties are only five a game because it seems like every time, you look up at a game. Purdue's getting called for a major penalty. It cost them a game it, at Syracuse. It cost them a touchdown last week on a pick six, and uh, you know it, it's just been very costly uh, for them this year to turn what. And I think it cost them in the opener against Penn State. So it, it's if it, Purdue continues to play undisciplined and a lot of older IU alumni will say, well, that's just the way Purdue plays. And that's why we don't like them. Uh, you know, it, it's going to come down to that IU I think has, while they have had their fair share of bad penalties, they haven't gotten caught up in that mess uh, that Purdue has. And, um, you know, hopefully they don't, IU doesn't throw a pick six, but you know, we'll, we'll see if the, Purdue learned from their mistakes uh, earlier this season, but yeah, special teams. Jalen Lucas is a difference maker. Uh, I, I think you have a, a better punter in James Evans as well. Although he did not punt terrific on Saturday, I don't think Ray guy would have punted terrifically on Saturday either in that weather. Um, and you know, Charles Campbell, although he had a field goal blocked, looked like it was money on extra points in that 40 yard field goal. Uh, Earlier in the game, uh, so it's you. You gotta keep the ball away from Charlie Jones. He's their main punt returner too, averaging six point seven one yards per return. And if they need to, they can put him back on on kickoff returns too. Uh, Produce kickoff return team has not been great. Dion uh, Dion Burks, uh, you know, averages nineteen point nine yards per return. They don't return very many kicks, just two point one per game. Uh, so I expect them to to fair catch it uh, quite a bit. Yeah, we'll see if they kick it to Jalen Lucas in the air, it, it might spell trouble uh, and, and things like that. Let's their kickoff man is Chris Van Ericksen. Uh Sound like he's from Sweden or you know part of that Norwegian uh, area. Uh, he's got 31 touchbacks on 55 kickoffs this year. So about half the time he's kicking them uh, out of the end zone or into the end zone. So we'll see. You're right, TJ. Uh, Let's go matchup to watch. Uh, What is your matchup to watch on Saturday?
0: I'm going to go with Indiana's um, offensive line against Purdue's defensive line. I think that the IU running game is is going to be the, the key part of the Hoosiers attack as we, um would expect given what Dexter Williams brings to the table. So I'm gonna go with that. Talked about the specifics of that matchup a little bit ago, so won't we'll rehash that. But I think that this is a defensive front, particularly without Branson Dean, uh that IU could have some success against if they block as they did against Michigan State. Um and and I, I I do think that there's going to be an opportunity there for IU to have another nice day on the ground, you know. Hopefully, five plus yards to carry. Um, and if they're able to do that, then I like IU's chances to hang around.
1: Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with uh, the secondary. IU secondary against um, Purdue's wide receivers, and most notably. Whoever's going against Jalen Williams, I, I think that's that's going to be the difference. I, I really think that Taiwan Mullen has a good chance of of shutting down um, or at least limiting Charlie Jones uh, in that capacity in in the receiving game. Uh, Taiwan has played a lot better over the last few weeks. Uh, he, he's gotten his swag back and things like that. But it's whoever is going against Jalen Williams last week against Michigan State, especially in the first half, Jalen Williams got picked at, picked on. Uh, it seems like it's uh, every time that Michigan State completed a pass, it was on the guy that Jalen Williams was guarding. Uh, and, you know, th- there was one play where he probably should have had an interception but was interfered with by the receiver. He got called for defensive pass interference. It, it wasn't fair to him. But Jalen Williams needs to take it personally. And um, if he could play well and shut down that number two receiver, uh, you know, then you have to look to uh, who's guarding Payne Durham and 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 that, you know, in that area. So uh, we'll see. Indiana was banged up at linebacker. They used Brian Fitzgerald there last week. I think that if that continues, I think that's a good matchup for IU and coverage on Durham is if you put Brian Fitzgerald there on him or maybe Monster Matthews, uh, it, it's, you know, we'll we'll see. It's not the Purdue uh, where you had Rondale Moore and David Bell and, and things like that. Charlie Jones is a good player. He's had a fantastic season. But you have a, a former All-American, at cornerback, who should go toe-to-toe uh, with Charlie Jones. That's my matchup to watch is Jalen Williams against Purdue's number two option. Uh, and uh, how that goes, because if IU could shut down Charlie Jones and the second option, I think they'll win the game. Uh, TJ, what's the key to the game? Key to a Hoosier win?
0: Yep. Um, I'm. I'm again. I, I think that outside of the obvious things like to score more points, like Indiana running the ball well, um, I I think that the key to the game is going to be the turnovers. Um, and not just the turnovers, but what you do with those turnovers. I think the team that is able to um, turn those, whatever mistakes are made, if if there are takeaways, turn those into points. I think that that team is going to have uh, is going to have the win. Um, look, Aiden O'Connell has he's a very good player, but he has made some success, uh, some mistakes. I mean, he's he's thrown uh, see 11 interceptions this year. Um, I think there's going to be opportunities there for the IU secondary to make some plays. Uh, and if you do turning those into points, like IU had a short field against Michigan state after that pick only got a field goal out of it. Now that's better than zero and it helped IU get to overtime, but ideally you want to see that turn into a touchdown. Um, so I'm going to go with turnovers and what the team does with that takeaway or those takeaways is, is going to be the key. Um, and, and you could kind of encapsulate all of that with managing emotions of the rivalry game is, is going to be the key.
1: Yeah. Managing the emotions. That's uh, that, that'll be key. And TJ more on your, your turnovers thing. I used stop Michigan State three times on fourth down. Now it officially doesn't yeah. go as a yeah. as a turnover and takeaway, but it was a turnover on downs. And on those, um, you, you know, getting the ball on downs, I think. Nope, they punted both times, um, but they got the ball yeah. at. Yeah. In the first half they got the ball at the Michigan State 46. And you'd hope that they, you know, you could get a field goal out of that. Uh, but they went three plays minus eleven yards and things like that. Uh, but you know, you you flip the field on the second one, uh and, and that's that that's big. You got a first down, you flip the field, uh and, and things like that. For me, the the key to the game outside of scoring more points and being more disciplined. I, I think it is you got to play with that edge. It's going to be the, I have a bad feeling that there are going to be a lot of Purdue fans at this game, especially with the West division title on the line. If that's the case on Saturday, however, you hope that the students come back uh, in sh- some shape or form and take up those seats. And and with the weather being decent, you, you hope that the general fan base is there as well. But Indiana has this is this is their season. You win this, you go 5 and 7, you really go into the off season on a high note. You got two trophies to parade around. This is your your bowl game. I and I, I know it's like the old toilet bowl um, you know consolation game, but this is it for this group of seniors who I believe are the first seniors that IU that Tom Allen brought in. This has been a group that has seen the top of the mountain at IU. They've seen the valley at IU. And now they're trying to climb, get this program and climb it, climb it out of out of the uh, the depths of the valley and get back onto the, uh, not the, the total mountaintop, but get back up the hill and, and, and get it going. It's an in-state rival. Uh, somebody who you recruit against a lot. Somebody whose program is compared a lot to yours and things like that. There's just so much on the line. you got to come out and play like it, but you got to also keep it in control. Play through the whistle uh, and, and just take it to take it them, um, you know, and, and take that if Purdue brings a lot of fans, take them out of the game uh, as well. Score early, score often, and then don't take your foot off their throats because uh, Lord knows that in the past, Purdue hasn't done it to IU, and what better way uh, – to get revenge on your rival for clowning you last year than to um, take back the bucket and take their chance to play for a big 10 title.
0: Yep. Yep. I think, um, look I, Indiana is in a position and you said it earlier, they're in a position to finish the season one that looked like it was headed for abject failure, Yep. they're in a position to increase the win total by three, get three Big Ten wins, and finish the season with back-to-back wins in rivalry games. That would be an impressive rebound overall, not just in this season, but from one season to the next. Um, They're also in a position to – you know, lose to Purdue and, and drop Tom Allen's record against Jeff Brom uh, to one and four. So, you know, it, there's, there's a lot narrative-wise on the line. Um, I will say this, having Dexter Williams in there was an injection of enthusiasm that made Saturday's game the most enjoyable one to watch since the beginning of this season. Um, For me, it was the most enjoyable game to watch since the Illinois game. Um, And, you know, credit to Dexter Williams for being ready and for making good decisions and and for, you know, bringing his uh, athleticism uh, and utilizing that in the best way possible um, on a lot of plays. And I'm, I'm anxious to see how he does with another week of preparation after having that full game under his belt. I hope they trust his arm a little bit more and give him a chance to make some plays in the passing game. Uh, I think it's going to be an emotionally charged game. It's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it should. Be. This is what college football is all about. It's a rivalry game. It's a trophy game uh, and, you know, a potential division title on the line as well. And it's a home game for IU. This is what it's all about. I know people want this game moved up in this calendar so that students could go to it. But you know what? Uh, Purdue students showed up in in 2017 and 2021. IU fans could show up too. So uh, I'm done with the excuses on why this game is lightly attended. It's it's a rivalry game. It's college football, and it's the last game of the year. The records do not matter in this matchup. Uh, it, it's – we don't like IU doesn't like Purdue. Purdue doesn't like IU, and that's enough. Um, So, anyway, the game kicks off at 3.30 on Big Ten Network from Memorial Stadium in Bloomington. Uh, we'll have it on the IU Radio Network as well with Don Fisher and Rhett Lewis. You can follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle. Uh, keep coming back to Hoosierhuddle.com. We'll have all your pregame – and post game uh, articles up to kickoff through kickoff after kickoff and all that stuff. I'll be down there on Saturday as well. Uh, Anyway, TJ, I want to wish you uh, and the rest of our listeners a happy Thanksgiving and enjoy the time with your family uh, and enjoy all the football that will be on TV and all the food that hopefully uh, people will have
0: absolutely same to you and uh, all of our listeners happy thanksgiving everybody and uh, hopefully we are here next week celebrating a huge bucket win uh, go hoosiers you know the saying i am not allowed to say it uh on our podcast or at least i will choose not to we'll keep it pg but everybody knows what i'm
1: thinking yeah well alex said it last night and uh, a little programming note we do have a special hoosier roundtable coming up on wednesday we'll have rhett lewis joining us to talk about the IU-Purdue matchup, as well as his experience in the bucket game. Uh, And uh, we'll have a short conversation with him over all that coming out on Wednesday. So you can listen to it. If you get sick of your family, put those headphones in and listen to the Hoosier huddle round table. Anyway, have a happy Thanksgiving and we'll talk next week, hopefully with the bucket and a spittoon in hand, heading into an off season that uh, should be very interesting.